Welcome everybody to our Mentor IT podcast. My name is Cristina Lasagni and I am passionate about creating a mere role model for the IT workforce to help anyone accelerate in their career. Let's crack on. everybody to another episode of Mentor IT Podcast. Today we are going to talk about how women can be better represented in tech organizations, especially in key leader positions. And for that purpose, I invited the extraordinary Maribel Ortega, which is a phenomenal coach of female leaders and host of the post- podcasts Audaciousness and Managers to Leaders. Maribel, Thanks so much for doing us, um, for joining us today, for doing this with us. I'm so excited to have you here. Do you just want to talk about a little bit of briefing about your uh, background and what brought you to, to coaching female in the first place? Sure, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Christina, for inviting me, for having me on your show. And well, you invited me to talk about the topic that I am most enthusiastic about, which is about women and empowerment and getting to where they want to be. So let's see, you want to know how I landed in coaching. Um, before I, start, I, I, I co- started coaching, I, I had a lot of contact as an external in companies with people at different levels and, and different type of professions because I was a, a communications trainer. And there's one thing, one pattern that after a couple of years, I started observing that there were young, let's just say around 30 year old, very well prepared women who complained that they weren't seen in the job, that they couldn't get a promotion, that when they were in meetings with senior leaders, they would not dare to raise their hand or share their opinion. They would think, ah, somebody else will ask that or they will say that my question is stupid or something. And then I started observing what's going on here. It cannot be that I am seeing this in this organization and then in this other one. And and then I would be comparing. I mean, it it was not, not just huge organizations like multinationals. It was also SMEs. So I, I, I realized there's something here. There's something going on among women, mainly, that is happening to many of them. Obviously, not all of them. And then whenever I say many, um, please take into consideration that I am generalizing. And in the end, each person is an individual and has an individual situation. So when I saw them, I just saw myself because a couple of years before I was just exactly like that this self-doubt insecure looking for validation in the outside and and not moving forward in where I wanted to go so that's when I decided well this is really interesting how can I help them and 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 started researching what is the issue so that I could understand and and that I could help them. And that's when I started, well, training for coaching, 
uh, training for, for assertiveness, understanding more the psychology of behavior and it's particularly female behavior and um, and how that is seen then in the workplace. It's interesting to know and then the fact that you point out that most of the people have the same common problem, which means, which what you've said is you, you feel that people cannot speak up or you see these propagated this trend propagated, especially among the youngest women, right, that are facing maybe the first challenges in their career workplace, and you say, well, it was me as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So <clears throat> it, it just became a pattern that I could not look away from. So that that's when I decided if I'm going to go into coaching, then this is what I need to do. So what I do is I help women and also nice guys to go from managers to leaders. Um, and um, in the space of 90 days, and for this, I have what I call the assertive leader roadmap. And that's how I help them to take make that jump, make that improvement in their professional lives. This is very interesting. I will I will ask you uh, a bit later on about that and and what sure. this assertiveness assertiveness roadmap looks like. Yeah, I wanted sure. to share with you a stats that impressed me. So I was googling a bit the net uh, the network yesterday, and I've discovered uh, that in the USA, women in 2015 made up of 57 percent of professionals. So so almost half, uh, more than half, yeah, 57 percent but only 25% of computer professionals in total. So this is indicative of um, lower representation in tech and STEM kind of uh, uh, job roles. Mm -hmm. And the fact that women are more likely than men to leave the tech field, it, it provokes some thought processes here. And I thought, okay, let me investigate more about why we, women leave. And the stat says that they're concerned, that women are more concerned about the workplace conditions, such as lack of access to key creative roles and a sense of feeling stalled in their career. Quite powerful. So according to your experiences, um, with your clients, with all your like coach life podcaster, what are your thoughts about these stats? And yeah, what have you learned? Well, this uh, these statistics don't surprise me really. Well, first of all, we, th there's this movement, and I and I am behind it that we want more women in the workplace. Um. The thing is, we need to understand what temperament is and what preferences are. So in general, in the workplace, women have a shorter history of participating actively in the workplace. We in, in the corporate workplace, right? I'm not talking about, you know, like agriculture work and in the fields and whatever that's different. Um, but in work that is, let's say, intellectual, maybe just from the 50s, that means that the structure that you find 
in corporations was created by men because they have been working in corporations for a longer time. So in order to see more advancement, we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. So we need to take that into consideration that women are coming into a workplace that was not for generations created by them. It's now that women are participating and saying, hey, this needs to change and I want this to be here. All right. So this is one of the things why women find a space where their career is being stalled, where they feel that they are not advancing and, and that they are not welcome, probably because they don't see as many of themselves um, or, or women like them in the workplace. And, and that's one of the uh, automatic biases that all people have. If you meet someone and you see that they speak your same language, that they know the place where you, if, if you find similarities automatically, you like them, you, you, find, you find a connection, right? And between men and women, it's a, a little bit more difficult to find connections because, well, we're different. We're mostly alike. The, the, the things that differ, differentiate men than women are just a couple of percentage, if we, if we see it in percentage, but they are an important difference. So one thing that makes people feel well in the workplace and well-received is if they see people like them. And obviously there are not as many women. So I think that would be one of the reasons why they don't feel feel um why they don't feel welcome the other thing um and and one of the important things in advancement is creating networks mm -hmm. and it's just natural that a guy would connect quicker with another guy mm -hmm. i don't think most of them doing do it on purpose it's just natural. And in order to support and mentor women, they have to be very aware and they have to do it with purpose to support more women. Because, because of these likability bias, the natural is to just like people that resemble you, right? And the other thing that I wanted to mention is temperament. In general, if you take personality tests, and this stays across cultures, in general, women are more agreeable and men are more disagreeable. That means disagreeable people are better at negotiating, at better are asserting themselves, and at better at confrontation and disharmony. They, they, it doesn't affect them as much. Of course, there are women who can be like that. But if we take the population in general, women tend to be more other-centered, more caring towards people. Mm -hmm. And it's natural because also their biological responsibility is to care for small babies. And Listen, if you've had a baby in your hands who's screaming and you don't know how to help that baby, you have to be very empathetic to still hold it and be nice to it, you know? So it's kind of like necessary um, because of that biological uh, aspect that, that being a woman uh, has. 
Um, and the other thing that is connected with temperament is interest. In general, because of this other-centeredness or self-centeredness, that is agreeableness or disagreeableness, women are usually more interested in people. And that's why they choose jobs that have to do with helping or working with people mm -hmm. like nursing and teaching and um, uh, uh, let's say psychologists or, or coaches. I mean, of course, there are men in all these things, but you see a, a vast majority of women. And then um, the interest that is connected with things with engineering, with mathematics and physics, usually men are more attracted to that. And the difference with this is, of, and again, I'm generalizing, and of course there are women who are interested in, in the mint professions, but they are in general a minority because of this difference in temperament, right? And the thing with this type of work that is, oriented to stuff, this is easier to scale because you create one product and then you reproduce that and then you make more money. That's why these jobs, you earn a lot more than if you're a teacher. A teacher cannot reproduce herself and create clones of herself. It's just one person and she can just help or a nurse just um, a limited amount of people. And that's why jobs that are Uh, connected with helping or supporting other human beings are not scalable. And then if you look at it from a business per perspective, they don't produce as much cash, you know? Yeah, I want to uh, get away a bit from the money conversation. I think you touched on a few important points. There's not a few, a lot. But a couple of them stick really to me. And one is yeah. um, you mentioned qualities like women are more inclined to be empathetic, uh, to get interest in people, um, trying to find like a common ground. So the agreeable, agreeable you can also think of, they, they want to find a, a place that is comfortable for everybody, right? Including themselves yes. and, and for the others. Compromise. So, compromise. So for me, and this teamwork. is all about collaboration, teamwork, yes. exactly, exactly yes. what I'm going. So these are the fundamental qualities of a good leader, aren't they? So, going yes, not the only, but yes, yeah. those are Probably. really those, those yeah. are really important um, traits that a good leader should have. But they also need grit and assertiveness, and be able to, in the right moments, be selfish in terms of negotiating for themselves negotiating to get that promotion, promoting themselves mm -hmm. in meetings, saying, well, this, this is part of what my team and I did and not shy away from uh, sharing their mm -hmm. successes. So I would say you need a combination. Both extremes are bad. Absolutely, absolutely agree. But I think you touch on an important point that the fundamental characteristic also belongs to women. We're just we may just lead team in a different way because of our nature. And maybe we need to complement our leadership skills that we already have, such as trying to create team, collaboration, empathetic, interesting people with some assertiveness and kind of 
you know, take the courage and speak up for yourself and get that job, get to the next position, get to whatever career change you want to have in your career life. So I think you've had a number of years with experience with your clients. And, and you know, I think I can only think about what you discuss with them. What are the typical traits of the clients that you can see? And again, I don't want to generalize, but there may be a pattern there, right? So we already um, spoke about the, the lack of assertiveness, but I do think that you can learn to be as how to be assertive, even if it's not in your DNA. So going back to this assertiveness roadmap, what are the traits that you, you see mostly and how is the assertiveness roadmap exercise that you do with your client? Um, how, how is that helping them in, in their career advancement? Right. So you see, being a leader, being a good leader, it's a difficult job. I'll tell you why. Because it means that you need to be a chameleon. I mean, you can be a bad leader and just have your one style and always uh, deal with situations the, just in that one way. But that won't make you liked and... Um, it might give you re results in terms of numbers or, or projects finished. Uh, but is that a good leader if, um, if people are stressed out and don't like you? No, I don't think so. Um, so what in order to, everyone has a particular style and a particular temperament they come with. But the thing is, that that is just like a starting point. And you can achieve a lot more. Let's say that you just have your 60% of what you could be. And there's always that potential that you can read and that reach and that difference between where you are and where you can improve. That is where what you need to create as a leader is a bigger repertoire of options of how to deal with different situations. Do I need to be an assertive and authoritative leader in this moment? It's an emergency. I need to start telling people, this is what you need to do. And you do that short term, but maybe um, a, a team member, an employee comes with a problem, a situation, they don't know how to solve it. And there's no um, time stress then you can go with the approach of the, the coaching leadership approach where you help them improve themselves and get their own, um, their own answers so that they in increase their, their own, uh, improve their, uh, their repertoire. So you see, what the best leaders, they move from different styles depending on what the particular situation needs and um, and what the particular person, if it's just with one employee, what they need in that moment. What I see a lot in my coaching practice is with female leaders, women who are very nice all the time. Mm -hmm. Their team leaders, especially those who are, if they are extremely assertive men and maybe senior in, in years of experience, then they have a hard time being the leader of this type of person. And for this, they need to expand 
expand their repertoire and be more assertive so that they create respect and show show their band boundaries of what for that team for her is acceptable or not that means usually they are afraid of going into confrontation of telling people this is what you, how you have to do that um because they want harmony they want people talking but this will not work all the time if you're dealing with um people who have a very are coming with a very different style then you need to guide them that's what i see in in my in my coaching practice mainly avoidance of saying no avoidance of um conflict and the problem if you avoid conflict conflict can be task-based or relationship-based we don't agree how something should be done or uh i'm very organized and you are always very late for example that would be uh, a working style difference and and that would be relationship based or maybe you you give feedback in a way that i find too uh too blunt um and the more you wait to air the conflict the bigger the resentment it creates in you so when when my clients start seeing if I talk about the issue that is bothering me, the sooner I talk about it, the less the resentment and the, the quicker we come to this harmony that I'm seeking. But if it's just harmony because I'm not saying what I really want to say, then it's artificial harmony. So it, it's no good either. And that's what the assertive or part of the things that the assertive leader roadmap helps uh, people just integrate in their personality those aspects that they think, oh, no, I can't be that way. I can't be authoritative. I can't be. Yeah, well, yes, you can. You can. Because if you don't, then people are going to do what they want with you. Absolutely. Absolutely, you touch on a super important point, and I think um, I, I can't I can't help. I'm going to ask. So, if you could give like uh, some practical advices, some actions that people could take away with them, you know, how could they improve their assertiveness if they're not naturally assertive? So, assertiveness has to do with confidence, and confidence is not a feeling. Confidence is action. If you see things that you say, oh, I'm afraid of that, then those are exactly the things that you need to be doing. I'm afraid of presenting in front of people. I'm afraid of going to the client and having a meeting or I don't like negotiations. Well, all those things are the things that you really need to do. And you need to see it like as if it were an experiment. Mm -hmm. It's not about whether the result is positive or negative. It's about doing it. And the more you do it, the more you will succeed. That's one thing. The second thing is how we see failure. Women tend to be 
at least the ones that work with me tend to be perfectionism, perfectionist. And perfectionism is, yeah, it's bad because what it does is usually perfectionism is a, is a, um, a defense mechanism of fear. Actually, what you are is afraid of making a mistake. And what we need to do is to stop thinking that mistakes are such a big issue. Obviously, in the, it depends in the company culture that you're in. There are company cultures that are quite toxic where mistakes are like, you made a mistake and then you get exposed in, or, or criticized in, in front of the colleagues. Obviously, I, I don't agree with that because, excuse me, if you see a small child that is learning to walk or learning to speak or whatever, what is the best way to learn? To make mistakes because you're doing it. And children come to this world with a super high assertiveness and confidence and schooling beats them out of them because of all these tests and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And like, oh my goodness, I can't make any mistakes. But it's in mistakes if you pay attention. Okay, I shouldn't do it that way. And, and it's just experience. It's not mistakes. There's, it's, there's no mistake. There's no failure. It's just um, experience. There's a very famous quote of Nelson Mandela who says, or who said, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And that's a great approach of moving forward. So if you're never going to lose, if you either win or learn, What's the fear of doing things? Well, you just try and see how it worked. And then you learned a little bit. And next time, if you're afraid of presenting in front of people, then okay, I'll prepare a little bit more or I'll prepare less. And then you try and see what works. So there you go. There are two, two actionable things that you can start doing. That's amazing. That's amazing, Maribel. So with that, we're almost uh, uh, top of our time. So I would like to... Thanks uh, to thank you, to thank the listener today. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for being on this journey with us. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, I will follow you closely, Maribel, and uh, I'll cheer for you. (laughs) Thanks very much for having me, Cristina. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.